Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Hello and welcome to a very different episode of Wrestling Daft. Uh, one year ago, we tragically lost one of the greatest Scottish wrestlers to ever grace the ring, Adrian Lionheart McCallum. This week, we want to celebrate his life and what he did over his career uh, in the company of some of the guys who know him best. Uh, so we get Jack Jester here joining us. we get Big Wolfgang joining us, friends of the show. They've been on the show before. And of course, we've got our very own Grado here in the room. Well, How are you doing, Rob? Not in the same room as me. Honestly, we're, all, we're, all, we're all distant. Aye, so uh, everybody, this is Lionheart. to being an all-round performer and everything that this business is about, I am unfucking touchable I see you brought some friends with you. Well, I see fucking double you. Lionheart brought some pals of head point. What? Lighthouse brought some pals of his own. Holy shit! It's the stars are still game! And if people want to swear at me, if people want to boo me, if people want to chant Lionheart as a fanny, then that is perfectly okay, just as it always was. But for some strange and wonderful reason, you want to cheer me and call me a hero, then that's okay as well. You see you, right? When I first came here four years ago, you just kind of had a comeback from your neck injury and you flopped. You know, you're a rock bottom. Dance didn't want you, the boys were laughing at you, and the fans didn't give a shit about you. What do you do? You picked yourself up, and now Dallas leads you. You're a leader to all the boys, and the fans love you. They need Lionheart. Look at me. Look at me. Hey, you can sit here feeling sorry for yourself. You can do something about it. You can be a fanny. Or you'd be a hero. Is this it? The final moment. Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Are we going to see it? I'm with it. One, two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, here is your winner and new ICW World Heavyweight 
Heavyweight Champion! Guys, let's just start with the let's just start with the basics here. When do you first remember meeting Adrian? So I'm I I think I might have met him first. So Grado and I both went we both started in the same place, but he left before I got there. And I was there a few years before Jester got there. But in between there, Lionheart showed up with his, with his pal called Rab. And he Good looked name. At, strong name. <laughs> so strong. He had it tattooed just above his belly button. <laughs> Rab. And I, I think it was just like kind of going to come with me so I can, I can go to this class. Because I was the same when I first went. I always had a pal, like a cousin that I would take with me that I would used to wrestle at the back or on my mask couch with. And I had to have somebody there with me. But once I go there, I met everybody. And Adrian was one of the person, one of the people we met. And he used to drive through for air. And eventually Rab disappeared, but he would drive through for air every time to wrestle in these judo mats. And Grero's already told you on this show before what this post office was like. It was just like thin judo mats on a hard flare and we were throwing each other about on these but we absolutely loved it we went there every week uh, eventually uh, and like right away Lionheart was Lionheart you could see it coming through he was always a massive character like as soon as you met this guy you didn't forget him you knew he was he's one of the guys that you knew he'd done something you kind of just be like that and know just be a normal person he had to do something, and what he wanted to do was become a professional wrestler. Um, where do you want me to go with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're just going one at a time. What about you, Jester? What do you, what, how do you remember meeting him? I, see, I don't remember specifically when I met him because, like Barry was saying, they all started before me. I, I, I missed the post office days, which I'm quite glad about. <laughs> and then we ended up in an industrial estate... And the other end of canvas line. <laughs> and it was just this bogging, banky place. It used to snow inside and all that. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. It was, it was horrid. So we were doing there. And he wasn't there at the time. I remember the faces that I first saw. But I think Adrian had kind of left and he'd taken a wee bit of a break at this point. So I never, I never had the pleasure of meeting uh, Rab. Um, but Rab? Uh, Sorry. Is this, was this Glacier? Was this Glacier? I don't, it might it's have been Glacier. Like, like Rab, uh, Adrian had his first match the same day that I had my first match proper. And he was in a six-man match and his tag team partner was Rab. And I, I, can't, I think Red Lightning was, was in that same match. He was maybe against him or, or tagging with him. But um, Rab was well gone before uh, Lee showed up. I, no, I don't remember him at all. But I, I, it's one of the ones that he wasn't there when I started and I don't really remember when he came back, I don't remember ever training Adrian. You know what I mean? I don't. Aye, aye. I think maybe he popped in and popped out, but like I remember training with Andy and Barry, and I remember training with, um, like, obviously like BT and stuff at a different school. I remember that vividly, but I don't remember ever doing much training with Adrian. Um, but I just know that <laughs> when I finally did meet him, whenever that was, we just didn't like each other at all. <laughs> no, you didn't right away. That no, was common. That was common for meeting Adrian. Like, I, I, I don't think I don't think I've ever introduced somebody to Adrian and no had to explain him. 
Aye. After, Aye. you know, like it's always like my mates say, hey, listen, he's actually a nice guy. You know what I mean? I, Aye, oh, that guy was a bit, no, no, no you need to know. You, no, but see, once you know him for four or five years, he's all right. <laughs> because he was always playing the part. He was always Adrian. Aye. He was all right, player. Like, he was, could, that was Aye. him. Like, you couldn't was, tell when he was on and when he was off. But then like, it took you a long time to to recognise the difference. You know what I mean? But um, I we just didn't, we just didn't see eye to eye because he was always Lionheart. Okay. And I didn't. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody did as much as no. Adrian did. <laughs> no, I, oh, he loved him. He was he his biggest Lionheart. fan, man. Oh, oh God! <laughs> it was great. The way he carried himself, like in and outside the ring, was just Lionheart. But he eventually learned to disconnect the two, Aye. so that like you could you could know Lionheart and you could be pals with him, but. Then there was the Lionheart side to him that everybody else got to see. And that it, that was hard for him in the beginning when he was developing oh. his character because right. like everybody else, like your character's just an extension of you. And that's all Lionheart was. The yin-yangs and the dragon tattoos, that was him. Because I, I, I remember when we were booking Orin War that first time and kind of just deciding who to get on the show and stuff like that. And I was, I was obviously very familiar with a lot of the people that had came kind of through like people that were kind of involved in SWA and were adjacent to that kind of world as well, like BCW and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And I, I kind of remember seeing, I think the first time I saw Lionheart wrestle was at uh, an SWA show that I was filming actually. It was the first time I saw him, first time I actually saw him wrestle. Um, but I remember when we were booking that, I was thinking, well, you know, what about this Lionheart? And I can't even remember who it was that said to me. It was somebody that said to me, it was like, Lionheart's really good, you need to book, you need to book him, you need to get him. But listen, by the way, if, if he was chocolate, he'd fucking eat himself. You know what I mean? That's, you know what I mean? That's, I was warned in advance. Perfect, my, perfect description. My, my soon-to-be mother-in-law refers to all our pals as different things. And Adrian Lionheart was referred to as chocolate. It was, how's chocolate doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was for the first meeting. That was Which the- is brilliant, though, because I'm always talking on this show, and I agree, though, I'm always saying, listen, I want a wrestler, I want wrestlers to be full of themselves. Full of themselves, aye. Like, when we're, we're doing interviews with people, and quite often we do interviews with wrestlers, and they're actually quite modest and nice and stuff like that, and it's quite, it's good to talk to a wrestler who, like, believes their own hype, and, you know uh, what I mean? I like that. Adrian's idol was The Rock, and you aye. could see that just by watching oh, one of his matches, and it's how he carried himself, like... One time, Red Lightning dressed up as Adrian, and this was around about 2004 or five, like very, very early on in all of our careers. And Adrian was out in the ring, and Red Lightning was coming out with Boddington, but he was completely done up like Adrian. He had all his gear on, he had the sunglasses, but he got a wee bit of tape, and he put the the rock's eyebrow on, and he just kept <laughs> walking about. And, you know, it would always. <laughs> that, there was a certain way that he moved that only only him and The Rock are the only two that could do it. It's so funny because the, the the first time I met Adrian, right, obviously, as I said, we were in, in different schools for one another. Um, but he must have been training at this point. Um, and obviously, I was at SWA, right? But I still went to the BCW shows, right? Because I'm not missing Honky Tonk Man and Coman. Like, I'm not missing Marty Janetti, Carl Lookton Hall, right? I wasn't missing that. And the first, because I remember when I first seen him online, I thought, that guy sat behind me at Commander Grand Hall, and I'll never forget it. I can see him right now. He was wearing a vest, the two striped trackies, um, the rock sunglasses, and an intercontinental replica belt. Just sitting, just doing all that fucking posturing like the rock. <laughs> <sitting behind laughs> Hank, he, 
mega cool, man. I'm going, check this guy. And that I chocolate, totally chocolate, just sitting there going, check me, man, with my belt and my sunglasses and my vest, man. And that's that's my very first memory. And obviously, right away, I'm going, check this, Daphne. But see that, right, what you're saying? Because obviously, it was Philly's self and he was, dead, he was dead proud and all that. But there's a photograph, and I can't even, I'll find it. There's a photograph of me in one of my early matches and Adrian sitting, was in, in East Kilbride, and Adrian's sitting in the front row with a big silver jester sign. <laughs> and he hated the fact that I had it. He hated it. Because like, he was mortified at the thought of it. Now I'm going, mind you, I had a big jester sign at East <laughs> going, ah, ah, I've, I've got it. And you couldn't miss him because he was wearing like, a black and white checkered hoodie. <laughs> I've got that photo. Like, nah, nah, don't I talk about it. Don't I talk about it. But um, so, I, it's funny that it's funny that it's funny that uh, Louise's mad first day was uh, chocolate because that is a uh, that is lion bar. <laughs> lion bar. <laughs> he would have definitely <laughs> put that in a t-shirt. He would, he would have cashed in on that neighbour. <laughs> with, with him as the big lion with a big mane, just like that. <laughs> you know he would. Oh man. Please. What was he? What was he like backstage, like in the locker room? You know what I mean? Because obviously he was one of the. The most kind of significant figures on the scene, you know what I mean. So, what was it? What was it like in the locker room? It was, and a wee inside term for you, but it was a bit of a locker room leader in the fact that everybody looked up to him and that they could go to him and they work things out. And Adrian knew that he had dealt with stuff in the past, and he would always be the first to approach anybody that he would see was struggling and lend them a hand and bring them aside and talk talk them up or. Whatever it was needed, he was the, always a the guy that he, they could they could talk to in confidence or whatever. And he was always a wind up merchant. Like I developed a catchphrase, "What's that for?" Just so that I could wind him up because he, he, he used to, well, Jester Tay and Grado Tay probably they just converse in strictly still game quotes. Aye, <laughs> and he loves it. He'd never, he would never go a day without a still game coat coming out. And I would, he would like, I will not be paying for headphones. And then I would go, <laughs> what's, what's that fee? What's that fee? <laughs> and he would go, it's still game. <laughs> but he would eventually, eventually clock on that he was doing the still game stuff so often that I was doing the, the same thing over and over again. And a it. photographic memory of every quote for that show. Yeah. Remember we were going to, we flying to Magaluf and... Shug, Shug the Lug was like two seats in front of us. And he was freaking out. I was mad impressed that Shug for still game was going to Magaluf. <laughs> but he was like, ah, boys. as if Beyonce just walked into the plane. He was freaking out, man. He's going, don't, don't, do not embarrass us. He's gone. And I went, do not shout. I will not be paying for headphones when there's a guy for still game on this plane. And then, <laughs> he must have been sitting there like that. Sweating for four hours. Oh, I need to say it, I need to say it. But then that time, like, one of, I've spoken about it before. And, Benadorn, we were all waiting to go. We were sitting in the, like the pool was all shut, but it was dark. We were sitting, and there was a bunch of lassies that had been in the pool that day. And she sat down, and me and him had a full conversation with her, using nothing but still game quotes. And like she had no idea what was going on, but Sean McLaughlin was so impressed because she's gone, So, what do you do normally? And I'm, I'm going, oh, I'm a businessman. And then like, we just went straight into the, the and, then, and then Sean's waiting, waiting. And then we went, like, what, So, what is it he's doing? Like, eh. Beetroot, <laughs> fucking easily. <laughs> but we spent about forty minutes just talking to her using still game quotes, and it was like one of his proudest achievements. Like he spoke about yeah. it constantly. He's like, "Maybe we were stars there. We were absolutely it was, stars." It was such a laugh. He was always encouraging everybody to enjoy themselves backstage. He never took anything too serious, unless it was his NP Pro Wrestling Elite shows. Oh, right. he, he, he oh. could get a minute with him. The suit, 
Remember the suits he would do dolly self up for the, for his own shows, man. <laughs> but I mean, he wore, but he wore suits. I think he was one of the first. Did he wear suits for, uh, through the years as well? Ultimate, was it just for his, ultimate professional. Like, he always always looked smart. He always looked like professional. Like uh, he always took himself serious in that respect, and he always wanted to go further in the business. So he was always respectable, and any opportunity he got to, he would speak to people and try and. Um, social, no socialize, network with people, and just get to names. He would, he would love to talk to business with people and, and learn about it, and ultimately progress in it. He was and definitely I, one of the guys who thrived on the, the being around the boys and being backstage and the social aspect. He wasn't a show up and go home guy. You know, he was even even though he lived in the air, like he would always come up when he would stay in Glasgow. Or he would after his shows, we would all go back, and like that was important to him. If he had if he'd flown people up for the elite shows would be we all stayed at his house and we would sit up or we'd go to the club and then come back um, and they were like some of the best even the backstage as well even at his end shows he always had that that kind of that front on like I'm the boss tonight remember but right. at the same time he kind of you could tell that he secretly loved it when you when you maybe got him in the ring spontaneously or you know what I mean right. me and Shia used to do it all the time like because he would always warn us don't, don't, st- don't spill beer on my apron or my, my canvas but then you got him in and it was alright for him, you know what I mean? He's starting <laughs> up, you know what I mean? But um, we just, the thing with Adrian is just constantly, he's famous for his style, right? And not so much in a good way, right? Because obviously, <laughs> Adrian was like a guy who, he, he dressed far too old, like, you know, he loved these sketchers, for example, he slip on sketcher trainers, um, beige slacks, white sports socks, brown shoes, well, here's a here's the oh, thing. Sure. I mean, this is definitely the case because I remember I remember one of the first thoughts I had about Adrian was like, I was like, what age is this guy? Like, because I was because he would walk about because he was like, you know, he, he was he was we use guys, right? He was we use guys. He was he was part of yous. But then you would look at him and you would think to yourself, this guy walks about like he's a veteran, like he's like get ten years on the rest of these boys. I, I, you know I, I mean? want veteran. I love it. <laughs> it's not even just that. He was an old soul, right? So he was no, an old soul. I forget well, about a tea and a biscuit. That's <laughs> right, right. He was proper, and he would do all these. I've seen him sitting just eating six scones in a row. Right, that's impressive for me. But we were at one time. There's been a couple of times we had a meeting. We had a a, a GPWA meeting in a pub in the town. I don't remember what one it was. And we were all sitting off of this, off of that. And um, Adrian's like, uh, he's asking all these questions. Like, I'll have the. Um, the full English breakfast, please. Um, tea, strong, with a side of naan bread, please. <laughs> a side of naan bread with your breakfast? Aye. And, then, and then do you mind the time we were on, on the road? And, um, toast! Aye, aye, aye. Toast! He goes, he goes, do you do such a thing as toast? The woman's like, um, no, that's, he's like, okay, in that case, I'll have the, uh, I'll have the rice pudding, please. Warm. <laughs> I'll have the rice pudding, please. Warm. Put the, put the like, are you doing this to poppers? Have you ordered rice pudding? No, I think he was being Warm. serious. We've got getting calories now. You know I mean? <laughs> it's just how he spoke. He just he was spoke the... different. Like, he did. It was weird. And he, he came for... Um, where did he come for? Cumnock. Uh, Cumnock. So I went down to Ayrshire. It was just this wee middle of nowhere tune. And it, how he came out of there. That's amazing, isn't it? That blows my mind. Because he's not even got that mega Ayrshire accent. It's not like no. that. It's, it's something completely different. Because you listen to his mom and his father, and they, they're proper. Oh, they're not, proper, right? I mean, you got a riot listening to them, listening to them when they talk, and I'm going down the bonk and all that, Karen, and <laughs> just at my ball. When he's resting in my ball again, you know what I mean? My ball, my ball. 
I love them. <laughs> but he, Dude, I, so, he's, he's, he's Bond, uh, uh, the funniest. I love but can you tell the story? I, I loved I loved when you told it about when you broke down and she come down and all that. She come down to oh, pick it up. Mate, right, I that, that was hilarious. That's three years ago. We're driving down to like WZW or something, we're in Newcastle way. So we're going down this has happened twice, right? Twice that Adrian had driven me to that company in the same place the first time his window wipers broke. So he just he just did this the whole way when he was driving, right? <laughs> I mean, like, wait, honestly, but like three years, I've just gone like that. Terrible, like, terrible driver. Oh, it's so many. In these early yeah. days. Do you mind when he, do you mind when he, um, he hit the cow? I was going to tell this story after. Right, I'll, I'll leave that for you. <laughs> but on the way down to WCW, and his motor's broke down. So I've, I've never met his parents at this point, right? But you're all, it's, always a, it's always a surprise when you first meet his parents because his parents are, they're old. Aye. You know what I mean? Aye, they're, aye, they're, aye. They're, they're, they're an old couple. And um, he's going, I need to come down. But honestly, you would have thought that Adrian had deliberately smashed his motor up just to get them off the couch that night. So they've drove all the way down. And she's, she's going, aye, this is all I need on a Saturday night. Are we doing here? Get me out of my jammies when you phone me. And his dad's going, uh, but just that pure old couple where his dad's constantly hitting one-liners, man. He's, he's so funny. You, can, you leave his house with a sore face and she's just like that the whole time. It's like, <laughs> So then we've stopped, and she's like, ah, um, aye, I haven't had my dinner either. We'll be stopping somewhere in the way, so we're probably at a service station. And he's going, ah, mom, I'll, I'll, buy the, I'll buy you dinner. Aye, you'll buy the dinner. Aye, you'll buy the dinner. So she was just giving him a hard time. I'm in the back seat, sitting beside him. She stared at him through the mirror the whole time. I'm mega uncomfortable, right? Never met these people before, and I've got like three years till I get him. And then we've stopped at the service station. Oh, this woman went bush, man. She just, she could not fathom the prices of a service station. Because she's going, I'll just have a sausage roll. She's going, what? What? She's going, four pound fifty for a sausage so- roll. I could get about eight bags for farm food for that. <laughs> I'm not paying that, but you're hungry. I am hungry. But there's no way on earth I'm paying four pound. For- and you've gone, Ma, please, please, like my pal's here. You're embarrassing me. Everybody's buy it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Get your, haunt, get your money back in your pocket. We're leaving. We're leaving. <laughs> I'm starving. I, I know I'm frightened to buy something in case you gives me any trouble. Mate, it was... It was bonkers, but she's just, she's hilarious. And his dad, his dad is just a joy. Gent, every time I ask him, what is it? He says, every time I ask him, I go, how hey, you been? He goes, yeah, felt the hellish. Felt the hellish. I can sit and listen to his mom feather all day talking because I love all that stuff. That's man. nice. That's nice perfume you've got on. <laughs> He did just he did just have a way about him, didn't he? He just, he oh, kind of, right. he, he had that hang about him where it was almost like, like, see a wrestler. A wrestler isn't beneath anybody. A wrestler is like, if a wrestler walks into a room, a wrestler is a top guy in the room. Because mm. even you're talking about him being a big fan of still game and stuff like that. I can remember Adrian meeting Greg for the first time and stuff like that. And he wouldn't he, he wouldn't conduct himself like he was a massive fan or anything like that about Greg. He would, you know what I mean? He would I, was, carry himself like a proud... You should have seen him when he met uh, Isa. <laughs> Isa came to East Coast Bad time for BCW. That's when the facade dropped. Aye, very go, very excited. We loved it. We all got a big group photo and that. But oh, she is a lovely back. woman. She is a lovely woman. Backstage. Yes, she's a very, very lovely woman. This is after a, a, a complete tangent, right? But I need to tell you this. But when Jane McCarry was in our pilot, The Sunny, do you remember, Gredo? Do you Aye, remember what I did right. to Jane McCarry on the first day of filming? No. Jane McCarry went to the toilet on the first day of filming on the, in the location we are filming in. I didn't know she was in there and I went walking right into the toilet while Jane McCarry was in there. Well, well. <laughs> 
tights Play. down and how many so that was you know what I mean <laughs> that, that all were things I didn't know that Jesus that all were things <laughs> know what you're doing the first oh, day of shit so listen place. there's a, always a lot of talk about I, I want you like just how how good a wrestler was he let's let's dig into the let's dig into the wrestling now how good a, how good a wrestler was he so any of well, I just want to say that I remember, I remember, I remember. I know you're going to ask about favourite matches and stuff like that, right? But I swear to God, I firmly believe one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life, and I'm talking even better than Undertaker and HBK and all this was at your show. See, Orin, Orin yeah, Moore, Moore, him Aye. versus Noam Dar. I mean, that was that was. I think because I had just came back um, wrestling, and, and for obviously, use everybody had got fucking ten times better all the years, right? But when watching that match, I thought he. Because I, I always had that slight feeling in my head like he's not as good as what they make out, right? That's what I just what I thought about him. And I saw that match, man, and I was blown away, blown away about how good it was. I mean, it went on about for about 50 minutes. They really was, stepped up on that night. I mean, man. it was, and everybody, this is what everybody, anybody that ever mentions Oren Watt to me talks about, talks about that, talks about their match. You know what I mean? And I don't think it was recorded, was it? I think no. they found it in a fucking. But listen, like, I mean, I, I, I remember saying before that event happened, I don't want to film it. Right. Like, no, I agree with you. Let's not film it. Let's not film it. Because because basically the whole idea with the day in the shows was you need to come out and see these boys wrestle right. live. Be you know, know what I mean? You've got to come to the live shows. You know what I mean? And I think it I think it says something for it, the fact that they, people they talk about that match. I think it's it's partly that's partly partly the mystique of that match is the fact that the it wasn't recorded, it wasn't filmed, you know what I mean? To let people recollect and they kind of go, God, that was an amazing match. But I think it really did. You know, I mean, even for me, it, it completely surpassed anything I expected for day two. You know what I mean? Um, and I can't, you know, I can't see it was like somebody suggested it to us as well. I remember when we were booking the thing, maybe but somebody suggested it to us. And I remember it's it's good that you are here actually, like, because I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody suggested it to us that match. You just stick Adrian and stick Adrian and Norm in together. You know what I mean? I can't remember who it was. I wish I could it's remember. Like, I've I've got different memories about the Orin Moore. After my match, somebody came up to me backstage and says, oh, you were great, though, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, by the way, that, the, the Orin Moore was the, the first time... Meeting too. I, right? <laughs> so, you know, the wee spiral staircase that takes mm-hmm, you down. So mm-hmm. me, me and Gredo were sitting, and Tolls came swagger. You know what Tolls like? You're bold as brass. So we didn't know anything at this point. And he's came out, and he forced the curtain back. He's like, ah, Gredo, how you doing, mate? Great match. Gredo like, all right, big man. And then went... <laughs> what to me, he's like, ah, did I just say that? <laughs> At the time we didn't know, he's like, ah, man, how are you doing? <laughs> that was the same night as well. You were going through, who were you, were you wrestling Mossy that night, Credo? Aye, Mossy, aye. Credo's going through, right? Aye, because he's gone, it's all this, and Mossy's gone, aye, sure. So Credo's literally practising everything. Every move, mate. Like, I'm just so everything backstage. So he's done, the full, he's done the full entrance backstage, he's going, I'll come in, I'll go. And Mossy's stunning, going, fuck, hurry up, man. So he's going, right, so I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And then you throw one, Mossy's went, I cool. And he went, I'll poke your eye. And he went, bang. And I swear, his finger at the Mossy's eye socket up to the second knuckle, man. <laughs> Boof! And he's like, I'm sorry. He's gone, fuck, fuck. Johnny Moss is the right person. You know why I poke Johnny Moss? If you look around our locker room, there's one guy that looks like <laughs> ultimate superstar. This Literally guy in half. the gladiators. Like, you don't buy a poke this guy in the eye. You can tell uh, Mossy's just gone, 
I've drove, I've drove all the way up here to do it. <laughs> so this guy, he's just poked me in the eye before the match. No, he's good. Mossy is the sweetest guy, though. Like he was like through the two shows, he was he was the most supportive guy. You know, I remember I remember booking him on the Oran War, and I remember the, the, I'm going to connect this to Linehart in a minute. But I remember booking him on Oran War and, uh, and and being a bit fear, being a bit fear to Mossy because I remember like years before. Me and Ian Connell had went down to an NWA UK Hammerlock show. Really? Because we were trying to, I because we were trying to develop a, a wrestling thing for telly. And we went down and to meet Andre Baker and stuff like that. And fucking Mossy was there. Mossy was there in the locker room at that show in some wee town down in England. Uh, and Mossy was just fucking growling at his man. Mossy had that vibe about him, like, look uh, at these uh, pair of fucking wee, you know, but this is when he was a young guy. And then he turns up as this, just the sweetest guy. Because there was an Oran War match with Lionheart and Noam. Which was an amazing match, but I always think about this. I always think about the fact they had that amazing match or in war, and then I don't think they weren't happy with their match at Kelvin Brawl. They were they weren't happy about that. I remember that. That match was because Adrian had left for a wee while. That was his first match back. That was his first match back. He retired. He retired. I retired him in two thousand. Yep, the retirement. Yep. And he came back, and so was was the Kelvin Brawl two thousand and thirteen. I think so. Aye. June so he, 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 he retired December 2012 and came back June 2013 and he hadn't been in a ring because at this stage we didn't have the, the, the asylum or anywhere yep. you could go and just jump in a ring. So this would have been his first match back against who, as you said before, probably gave him his best match to date mm-hmm. with the, the match at Oromore. So to step back in and expect to go to that level again. Aye. Just cheating yourself. It's too much pressure on yourself. And they would have been out there expecting to be able to beat that bigger venue, bigger crowd, bigger stage. Let's go out and do better. And it just, unfortunately, it, it didn't come off the way they'd hoped. They were trying, but this is the thing, though. This was the, the thing with Adrian. He was, he was trying to do that. He was trying to top that. He had that kind of yeah. pride in himself to kind of go and try and so. better it. And, and, you know, and it was that thing. It was like they had their time limit and they had their time and they went right over it because mm-hmm. Adrian was like, I'm not coming back until we've, we've turned this match run. You know what I mean? You talk, about, you talk about how good Adrian was. And for the very beginning, like 2003, we had our first match. I think. From 2003 to 2006, it was hard to say anybody was really good, but there was certain people that you would want to work with because you know they could make a good match. Like and Adrian Lionheart was one of them for me early days. He's somebody that I could go in with, and he would always do his best <clears throat> to make me look good, and I would compliment him and do my best to make him look good. And there was like there was back then, everybody was just taking this as a hobby. But he was always driven to kind of go forward, so he, always, he did always want to get better. But and then you go in there with some guys who would just be on meat and potatoes, and they've only trained well, and they would just lump you. But when you worked, when you worked with Lionheart, it was what you imagined, what you wanted to wrestle like. When you watched it in mm-hmm. the telly, mm-hmm. and when you went and trained, these were the types of matches you wanted to be delivering. And Adrian was probably the common denominator in all that, where he would. He was always the one having the good matches with people. Because there was definitely, a, there's definitely a connection I make in my mind between like remembering the SWA days and no harm to the <laughs> SWA wrestlers. Guilty. No harm to you, Grado, right? No harm to the SWA wrestlers, but the BCW boys would well, well, well. come in to an SWA. You know what I mean? It'd be like Wolfgang and Darkside, mm-hmm. it'd be Drew, it'd be Lionheart and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And you could see the difference. You know what I mean? You could see, you could see the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, just a two. I, I, was, <laughs> I, I don't remember. Listen, I don't. 
Just I remember Jester's debut in a battle royal. I don't remember seeing you. I remember Jester's first match. I was in the crowd for it. He was in a battle royal and he came out I think I might have been away. I would have been away by that point. Straight into about here. Oh, aye. Aye. In fact, green and yellow boots. We never crossed past him. We know Jester back in the SWA days or anything. As much as I was there at the same time, like I wasn't really doing anything on BCW. It, was, it wasn't until, because like, I kind of disappeared to go to the camps before I'd really done anything here. So, like, I think it was Andy had went and done the camps and then, Andy had done the camps and then on the way back, climbed the Welcome to Scotland sign, fell off and broke his ankle. That was my fault. And then I had to, I had to step in. So then I, was, I did the camps. It wasn't until I came back, which was like years later. So I've jumped for there straight into All-Star. But back then, when like Barry and Adrian were having their matches in T2K and, like, I was just in security. Like, even, like, the, the Kaluk shows and all that. Yeah. But somebody sent me a video of the day, and it says, Greenock charity match. Oh, was that Spinner's show? It was packed. That's it. That's mate, it. Mate, mate, that's, that. that's been doing my nothing, because I'm going, I don't remember this. I've watched it. I've got my straight and tear. I'm, I'm about eight stone. Come out with my wee tassels and all that one. But I'm going, I've got no recollection of this happening. Aye. Because yeah, David Invincible was on it. That yeah, was the first actually. time we ran that place. And like uh, later on, Ross and PBW started running that venue quite regular. But that was the first time we'd ever seen there and wrestled there. And it was a aye, aye. Because always, but my first match was in there like two or three years before that, right? And there was like ten folk in the crowd. And I just thought when I turned back up for this charity show, I'm going, "Fuck! Look at this place new. It was like everywhere. Every it's a three stories in it, and it aye, was it's big." Well, I remember that was conscious. I was met have he had invested in a cage, right, to fight magic. And this was a Friday night, and then on the Saturday night was a big cage match, and you know it'd been built up for about fucking two years now because we had a show about every three months, so we built this up. And fucking conscience slipped Brexy's leg in the battle royal the night before these big cage match. I always remember that. <laughs> but see this video, I've not, I've, I've not watched it. I've not right? But it's one of the ones we all just came out at the same time, and whoever's MC's gone. We've got ah, and Alan Grogan and there and Invincible and Scott Keston and we're all just walking behind each other. It's awkward, right? But the match, it says the match is only five minutes long, so it'll be a five minute, 30 man like, battle royal. <laughs> but the entire time, Steps plays through the sound system. The entire match. <laughs> for the entire match. What song? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Six, seven, eight. Suddenly, like a stranger, and I'm leaving you. Sell! Sell, Sell. Sell. Dosey Don and all that. My boot scooting baby is true. Toss for an elbow tap. Hey, boys, I'm going to just go to some of, the, some of the listeners I've been getting in touch with their memories and stuff like that as well. Gordon Brown got in touch with the politician, I don't think. Uh, said, I'll always remember the moment Joe Hendry came out singing Lionheart as a fanny. Lionheart completely buckled with laughter, hiding his face with a ring apron, trying to maintain his tough guy persona, but he was absolutely creased by it. One of the best laughs I've ever had attending an ICW show. Fraser Smith says he was a big fan of... Sorry, what was that? Like, that, like so that Lionheart as a fanny chant became wildfire. It just took over. Mm-hmm. But Joe, Joe Henry wrote that and performed it. And the, the line is, Lionheart is a fanny. Do you remember the second line? No. no. Liam Thompson has failed his degree. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever remembers this, but but everybody remembered Lionheart as a fanny because it was it was a tag team match they were getting into against Lionheart and Liam. Lionheart as a fanny. Liam Thompson has failed his degree because Liam 
could have, it's yeah. got so many degrees, it should be called Liam Degree. <laughs> I, I've got so many degrees. Mate, mate, the best thing ever is when I would, you, it's hard to When you, you, you send Liam out, Stephen, and it's just the greatest thing you'll ever see in your life because he's just, he's the most effortlessly funny guy, sober. So funny. Drinking him, man. I've, left, I've been on my knees punching the pavement, man, because he's just he's so hilarious. He's so funny. <laughs> that, but, um, like I, def- that, I don't know, like, he's, he's obviously not here to get away, but after the back of Joe Hendry bringing out the Lionheart as a fanny and the crowd absolutely eating it up, the next show, T-shirts on the merchandise, Lionheart as a fanny. Everybody, he's one of them, he's one of them. Everybody wearing them. Lionheart, he's in the ring, <laughs> gone. He printed the t-shirts, he got the boss out, he put them with the merchandise and he rent it and while making everybody call him a fanny. And they, they, did he not do the, the Hogan thing where it was like Lionheart is still a fanny or did he not release something else annoying? Kind of, uh, hero. 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 Lionheart is a hero and that became the, that became the tune. The, 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 any, any kind time, of defined him, didn't it? Anytime you like, hear it, you either yeah. think... Uh, Trent Seven or Lionheart took over. He used it first, and then when Joe Hendry made that, Lionheart is a fanny. And it's a shame because you you just hear it like the cut angle tune in your head. It's, you suck. It's just every time, Aye. Lionheart is a fanny. And God rest him, but he was a fanny. He was a fanny. He was a fanny. But it was that. There was, def- there was definitely that. It's a, I think it's a Scottish hangout as well, though, isn't it? It's like he was this kind of like guy that kind of loved his cell and carried his cell, like he loved his cell, right? And so people did kind of go, he's a bit of a fanny, this guy. He's a bit of, there was that kind of vibe around him, you know what I mean? It was endearing. It was endearing. It wasn't put off because there was so many people that were fond of him. And I was, I've been friends with him and so is the boys for like 17 years. Mm-hmm. As soon as we met him, other than Jester, we kind of clicked, but you, you did get to know him. And it was, it was, it was indeed, and it wasn't too much that it put you off. You mm-hmm. just kind of knew how to take him. And that, but it's amazing yeah, yeah, because, yeah. like, as much as I say I didn't like him, like, obviously over the years, like he became like one of my very best pals. Like, he, I would text, we would text each other every single day. But like, I would hang out with him, he would hang out with me, and like we became like mega close. And it was, we always found it weird that we went for just no, like it was, it was a personality clash. Like we just, it was never going to work. Right. And then our years, I was thinking this all the day, like, there was a <laughs> talk about how that, he was always lying up. Like, sorry, buddy, I, I would never, like, I would never look at pictures of the two of you, you know what I mean? And imagine that you would be that close. You know what I no, mean? You seem like, like quite but, different guys. I, I mean, I, but that's the, way, the funny the way thing. I would put it is, the way I would put it is a, a band kind of two frontmen, and these two guys were such big personalities. <laughs> they just, you couldn't be in the same room at one point, like... We're always competing with each other. They're always going. But, but, but look what was, happened is, as well with like, um, what do you call him? Jackie Polo, for years, they hated one another. Aye, aye. And in the end Absolutely. up, they became fucking great pals. Aye. But it's like, like you're saying, um, Rab, if you look at us, it, it didn't make any sense. It'd be funny because if me and him were out together, you would have him dressed like, like I would say, with his slacks on and his, his sketch or trainers. And the, I call it the official jacket, right? He's, He's um he's leather jacket with the the wee stripes on, and he had a t- he had like a t shirt as well that was like white and it was ribbed. Right. And I used to he call that black, his... he had a black version. He would have to with the black version or the white version. And I know what you his... mean. They kind of like they I... cut. Aye, it was like his full metal t shirt. I used to call it because it looked like that. <laughs> I, never, um, 
Dallas calling him a mid two thousands metrosexual, and I went, that does actually sum up a wee bit. In the mid two thousands, you know what I mean? Lonsdale, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that kind of kid. You know? <laughs> end with a dragon. I'll have it. You'd always but, pop um, up like black, black trousers, black shoes, white socks. Every, I, every time. But we we had like we went through a long years and years and no talking to each other, and then it finally came to a head that I, we were nearly fighting backstage at East Kilbride because he made a comment and I just went half my nut, and I think I kind of went to get him, and Graham McKay stopped me, and went just don't know the night, know the night, but words get back to him that I was angry, so he sent me this big long, you know, like like pro- proper. This is it's like words has get back to me. It was famous, and I will tell I words has get back to me, and I will tell you now, and I will tell you once only. If you have a problem with me, you speak to me and me alone. If and it was this big long right, so I'm going. Uh, so, but we had we a party the next night. I think it was Graham McKay's 30th birthday. So I'm going, nah, this, I'm not having this, man. And I'm not getting into a text war with him. So everywhere he went, I would walk into that room and he, he would leave. So if you went to the lounge, I'd go, like, he'd go to the bar, he'd go to the toilet, I'd go and he'd go into stuff. And we avoided each other all night, right? just winding each other up. And we ended up in the sports cafe. So at this point, we're steaming, right? And I've went up and I've went, listen, you've clearly got a problem with me. No, you have got a problem with me. <laughs> I'm going, Adrian, I've been following you about all night trying to sort this out. And he's gone, well, I think the time and played, but he was drunk, right? And I went like, listen, I'll give you this one last chance. Shake my horn or don't. And I put my horn out and he went like that. And he slapped my horn away. <laughs> right? And I went, and it, but he slapped my horn away and he went, just put me in for a cuddle, right? Hey, he's gone. Nobody has ever spoken to me like that. <laughs> he's gone. What is, is this? Is this being filmed? Like he's in a film a ca- or something? I am on, like, I'm right in the middle of the sports cafe and I'm going, is, is, what is going on here? That, 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 like, that, real that people means, don't talk like this. Is this being filmed? I've heard that said so many Aye. times. Like there was a time uh, Drew was back. Drew McIntyre had came back from America and he hadn't seen Adrian for a long time and Lionheart had developed a wee bit within Adrian and he's started talking to him and I don't know what the conversation was but later on Drew says to me I was just sitting there thinking is there a camera on us or something like the way he was talking to him was just as if it had been produced and rehearsed and written down before he got to you just the top that he did aye and it was, was just so like unique. like I always say like I, it was, I was, I constantly, constantly cringed and rolled my eyes and tried to avoid situations with him because I just knew what he was like. Right. But like at the time, I hated it, but I miss it now. Aye. Like I, would date, I would date anything to let him give me a brass neck one more time. Aye. I think you know when he was sitting sh- listening to this, he would be in here. He would be Aye. sitting laughing at how much. Do you ever remember the story about um, when he met Dixie Carter and he shook, shook her horn and pulled her in and went, Scotland needs a hero. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I don't know if that got a boot in Scotland, but it certainly got out to all the boys in America. So much oh so that everybody, God. it became a rib. Everybody went, oh, fucking, if they went to, like, um, Texas, they'd go, Texas needs a hero. Um, <laughs> that, they, they used Lionheart's book. That got so much about other locker rooms. Such and such needs but, a hero. He did. So for, a, for, a, for a small time, TNA came over here to wrestle, and they they did. They put Lionheart on a pedestal, and they went, this that is... Was big. That was back. Oh, it, it was mega. It was everybody was talking about it, and everybody, being, go, everybody got behind them. That was I remember first. being at that TNA fan. It was some kind of TNA fan thing that was downstairs, and oh, where was it in the tune? Somewhere in the tune, it was like downstairs. Jeremy Borash was there, Nora. 
Just that was mega because nothing like that had ever happened. Oh. Right. And he was getting treated the, like a king. He was none of the big companies had ever come come near us and wanted to do anything with us. He was there for and the first. Here, one hour in was getting put on that platform with was Jeff yes. Jarrett. Yeah. to wrestle Jeff Jarrett, and yeah. everybody knows him. And it was it was so good. We all went to support him. It was great. So and it wasn't was, just the match either. Like Jarrett did like stuff prior for that because I remember doing it the old um, like BCW slash PBW ISPWA. And then um, Jarrett showed up and he did a thing with our filming and he hit he drew the guitar and all that. Yeah. Yeah. It was he cool. Like just kind of tryout thing. And there was a couple of wee kind of five minute matches. Me and Red Lightning had to put something together. And for us, this was like a tryout. We thought we yeah. were getting a TNA tryout here. Uh, but it was all just to set up to be filmed for this. Uh, Jeff Jarrett had visited the school and they were building towards him versus Lionheart. And he did. How did that opportunity come about? Like, how did that happen? Adrian was constantly reaching out to people and trying, like I said earlier, he was always wanting to succeed. He was always wanting to go further and better himself. And <clears throat> game is due. He was the first person to work with all the big companies. He was, he was the first guy in Scotland to get a Ring of Honor world title shot against Nigel McGuinness. He was the first guy to get used by TNA, and he was the first guy to get used by the WWE out with Drew McIntyre. Uh, like it, it was, it was, he done so much, and he was so driven to succeed. Uh, one, one time, listen, pal, I was the first Scottish wrestler to get in England at a hundred pound. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I spent that, it on sausage rolls, though. That's a big deal. That was, was a big, big deal, deal. but aye. you don't, you don't a get deal, a lot of money in wrestling. You don't get any wrestling if you think you want to make money because it's no there. You're lucky. When we started, you were lucky to get a tenner, twenty pound. When you aye. go, when you go thirty pound, and you were on thirty pound for a long time after that. Aye. But when you reached thirty pound, that was like top level. I remember getting promoted to thirty pound with Ross. No one went, aye, Ross is thinking about giving you thirty. <laughs> 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 think about it. Think about it. The amount of money that Grado must have been pulling in for these companies at the time, and he was getting thirty pound back. Here, do you mind that? Mind that gave you any trouble on the phone one time? I've, I always remember that. I have gone. I'm giving thirty pound for it. You up for it? <laughs> no, but I've got a foot. I think this thing. You went to go down for a wee tree like that. Hang set. I was like, Grado, I mean, stop doing this. I mean, like at this point, like Grado sounds cheesy, but I say, but Grado Mania really was running wild. But this is like the mega where it was just everywhere, man. Everybody loved them. And then he was every like, day ah, somebody would come into my pub. Did you see Grado did this? Did you see Grado did that? Like, nobody, like told, that, the first time she told them. At that go. point, nobody else, else existed, man. Like, the full scene, you never heard about anybody else. Nobody asked you how you were then. Nobody, it was it was like when you used to go to school, like like visit schools and you go, do you know the Undertaker? Like, just that became, do you know Grado? <laughs> do you know what? Like, do you know what? Oh. I always got nervous at that point as well that Adrian would fucking be like, because he was always a guy, but Adrian yeah, was How did never, Adrian take to that? How did Adrian never, feel about that? He was never, not once did he get jealous. I mean, know that I know him. He was never always... He, everybody, he, he, was, he was always the first. Anybody that go anything, he would be the first one to go up and congratulate you and, and shake, shake your hand. Not jealous at all. He would buzz for the other person. And that and takes a lot. Years. See all the people that were jealous of you back then and all the folk that tried to put you down and all the folk that went in and wrestled you and tried to make you look rotten and tried to do this. Like, it's just, it's pathetic, you know what I mean? And it shows you that the ones that did support you and the ones that... We're happy to go in and work for you and make you bigger because at the end of the day, all right, it was you that was getting all the all the push, but you were bringing folk in. These folk were moaning about you, 
But at the same time, that's why the venues were full. They're going out and they're, they're wrestling in front of your crowd, but they'll still try and bring you down. But Adrian, Adrian was your biggest fan, you know what I mean? And it's like, I think there was a, there was a bunch of us that kind of just got it. You know what I mean? And he, and he was one of them. He you know was I mean? Let's, let's push this as, you know, the more yeah, folk that came in, the better it is for Oilers, whether I'm wrestling Grado or no, or whether I'm beating Grado or no. First person to put a heavyweight title on me as well. I mean, I remember buzzing after that with the PWE, yeah. getting that big freaking NWA belt. Aye, aye. Do you know what I mean? Aye, like he was, he was, he was good for that. He was good for, and he had a good foresight as well where he would, he would see something and someday yep. kind of, he would start planting the seeds before anybody else did. And you, yeah. saw, you saw that with Noam and um, with Grado and, you know, he, he was good. He put a lot of a lot of work into his shows and, and tried to make sure that you were getting as much as an, inter, an entertaining show. He was very aware of um, like smart wrestling fans maybe watching it as well. So you would always right. get your your big match that would that would tick that box. But um, aye. a lot of wrestling careers are kind of discussed in the in the context of who who their rivals were. Who who was Lionheart's best rival? Who do you think? Who was his best? I probably the biggest, it would be Jackie, wouldn't it? I would say Jackie, man. For the platform that the two of them had, for the matches that the both of them had, and the draw that both of them had, you believed every word that was coming out of both their mouths, and you wanted to see this match. Because they did not like each other. Whether no. you supported Jackie or whether you supported Lionheart, it was so good for business at the time, and everybody was climbing and on Not it. one of them was going to back down, like Jackie. I mean, Jackie doesn't care. But like, of all the people that I've ever worked with, Jackie does not care. Like he'll, he'll go his own way. It doesn't matter anything. Adrian was the same. Very, very stubborn, very proud. And the two of them just clashed, and that made it real. You know what I mean? The good thing is the two of them were so professional. And um, I'll, I'll tell you a wee side story. The, the, the first match, the first big match that they were building to was Jackie Polo versus Lionheart at the Bar- Barras. And I don't know if it was Baramania or if it was fear and loathing, the, the one of them, but it was the first time we were in the Barras and it was going to Lionheart against Jackie. Now, Lionheart broke his neck a, a long time before that, a few years before that, mm-hmm. and he was terrified of taking this move. Aye. Absolutely. He would never, never, never go near it. But it was it was such a professional, and so was Jackie, that although they didn't get along, they trusted each other so much to go in there and, and create... A, the best match possible for the, for the fans and it was brought up that maybe because everybody knew Adrian broke his neck with a Styles Clash yeah. and they knew as soon as you can pick him up for a power bomb, but as soon as he drops down and the fans see him getting set up for a Styles Clash then they know that's that's bad news Aye. and that was real that was real for Adrian and he, he came up to me before the match as they were going, in fact we were in the ring and it had been suggested that he was going to take it, and he didn't say no. He didn't say no right away. He was thinking about it, and he was considering it. And he came up to me and says, what do you think? And I was like, look, here's the pros, here's the cons. Yes, it'll get a good reaction, but you genuinely should be weary of taking this move, mm-hmm. and, and rightly so. Uh, it's ultimately down to you. And um, later on, I don't know if it was that much, but he did eventually take the Styles Clash or even tease for it and that was a mega thing for him but credit to him because he could have easily just told Jackie no no happening but he he knew how significant it would be he trusted his opponent and he was just such a professional it's that thing it's that thing about giving the fans a special you know I mean giving the fans a special moment and putting the fans first I mean we've we've actually got a 
a recollection here for one of the listeners saying, um, uh, aye, Stephen Roche saying, Lionheart kicking out of the Styles Clash at one against Jackie Polo at Shug's House Party 5, night one. Right, you guys remember, do you guys remember the pop on that? You that's a mean? moment, you know what I mean? That's that's like, that. as far as moments go, it's hard to get them now, you know what I mean? Because things move so quick and I don't think um, enough time is given to feuds and it's all very much, let's get this done and move on to the next thing. But this, you had, this came from a real-life story, from a real-life incident. Like Barry was saying, like Adrian was genuinely terrified of that move, and it was almost yep. like PTSD. Like I, I've seen it. I saw him actually in the ring beforehand, getting into the position. And when he got done, it took him a couple of minutes. Like he would just need to sit in the corner. Like he was shaking and all that because it's yeah. obviously it after that, after that accident, you would relive, you would relive that moment again and oh, again and I mean, again, wouldn't I mean, you? How, I mean, how scary! And the thing is, like we're talking about how good a wrestler was Lionheart, how good a worker was Lionheart. The fact that he could come back for that and right. do anything. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen folk who, you know, they've maybe they've blown their knee out and they'll do rehab, but when they come back, they're never the same because they're frightened in case they hurt their knee again. But that's your neck. Every single bump you take, every single Aye. strike to the back, every single headlock you take, the, the risk, you'd be terrified in case it happened again. But he came back and he somehow managed to kind of, like, you know, draw a line under it and move on. But the styles clash, rightfully so, because that's what caused it, was always something that he had to battle. And again, the kind of person he is, I think that, I don't think he could have rested until he went out and did that, that move right. again. And it reminds me, today actually, um, it's uh, Drew McDonald's birthday. And I heard a story years ago where he broke his back by taking a, a bill to the top rope to the floor and um, had to get surgery and had to get his back all cut open and get told he would never wrestle again. And I think he came back. It was something, I might be, I might be getting this wrong, but he came back after, let's say, six months and his first match back, he took the same move. Fucking just hell. to prove to himself that he could still do it. Aye, aye, aye. You know what I mean? And you get people like that. It's just, it's built into you where I'm not going to let this beat me. I'm not going to have this be the end of my confidence. Aye. And by doing it and get, getting it undone with him. It took him, it took him a while to get, to get the confidence to do it. But I think after he'd done that, he'd, um, it was a big, a big achievement for him. And in that moment, like, kicking, out, kicking out at one for the move that nearly retired you. You know beautiful. what I mean? That's like I've got goosebumps even thinking about it. I know. It's beautiful. You know I mean? It was real. It was real, I, and that's what made it so good because everybody in the crowd felt it. They, they felt they felt him taking the move. How like as soon as he got hooked up for that, they, they must. There was a gasp. There was a I, there was a breath taken as soon as he hit it because nobody wanted to see it. Nobody no. wanted to see him take it. Why? I, why would you? If you're sitting in the crowd, and I hope you think that you're a sadist. You know what I mean? But people are going no, 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 no. And then for him to then kick out of that, like. You've went for you've went for I can't believe that's it. That's the finish. Right. Mm-hmm. To be nowhere near the finish, like come on, like that's just that's instant, the kind of stuff. Instant euphoria, up. just Aye. emotion Dude, take, coming out of everybody. Take your breath away. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been lucky enough to have a moment like that. But you know, if you're backstage at the monitor, seeing that, and if you can get the full the full backstage area to jump out their seats, if you can fool us, then. Right. Imagine what it must be like to have bought a ticket to come and watch that. See, that's that's the thing. Adrian was the master of creating emotion in people, and he, he would hit it with so many different surprising moments and things that would get genuine reactions for people. Like the time he pretended to break his neck against Kenny Williams. Oh, I, that was amazing! In I, Edinburgh, and he lace. He, he took a move or a something, and he lace still and didn't move for ages, and everybody in the crowd like just. It was horrible. The wind was taking away from us. We were all watching it. Some people knew what it was up to, but Aye. 
it, it, it's paramedics come down and everything. And if you don't know the story, you need to go back and watch it. But um, he's, he's a bastard. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> he, he <had> everybody <laughs> convinced he'd hurt himself and everybody was feeling sorry for him. And then knowing that he just get up, but he nipped up yeah. his feet, like right on his feet, straight into a super kick on Kenny, covered him one, two, three, and that was it. The bastard was born. Lionheart is a fanny after all. Right, we thought he was a hero, but no, how dare you do that to us? But he knew these were the these were the buttons to push. And but there was, de- the there was definitely build. as well, there was a moment when that, that, that was kind of run about the time where I kind of noticed that suddenly Lionheart was getting pretty fucking cool for people, you know what right. I mean? You know what I mean? I remember that. I remember the music that as happened. well, man. That music. Uh, oh, I mean, he loved it. He loved he, it. He loved it. He he would play it. Like I, I can't listen to my own entrance music, even when Hungry Like the Wolf comes on with Duran Duran. I sometimes can't listen to it properly because it's been your entrance music, Aye. and I don't imagine Gredo sits and listens to Ooh, like a player. Ah, he does. Nah, he fucking does. <laughs> but but again, lockdown in that moment. Adrian would drive a boot way at blaring out his windy. <laughs> Say my name, I'm history. Shades <laughs> on, Elmino, Elmino, and they're like that. <laughs> I loved it. He, he loved he loved the lifestyle and he just Believe. loved being a superstar. Believe. Right, let, let's get a few more let's get a few more um, Lionheart moments for for the punters out there. Fraser Smith says, "I really like Lionheart on Rogue to wrestler. Showed the type of trainer you want and that he wanted the Rogues to do what they could do well and that he spurred them on to try harder." Um, how did he take to filming Rogue to wrestler? What what was what we got in the show? The real Adrian or was that just for telly? Lee, you're a- no, I mean it, it was it was, but at the same time there was an extent of. Adrian, like, you know, I want to be the hard-faced coach here. Like, mm-hmm. I want to be, he wanted to be the Gordon Ramsay. Again, that, that, that veteran vibe that he gave I, you, right? Like, and, and I was very much the same because, like, when this, when this happened, um, it was like, I know, that, I know that we're no the producers of the show and we're not doing this, but it has to be our rules because... BAFTA nominated, uh, by the way. BAFTA nominated, BAFTA nominated. Um, but we don't, like, when we wrestle and stuff, it's so easy for it to come across as a joke and... You know, and their ideas, they go, we could have been doing this. I'm going, I get from a TV perspective what you're talking about, but anything that happens within this training facility, we're the boss. If you want to take them out and do challenges, you know, the open top bus or the comedy club and all that, that's yeah. fine. But in here, you know, we're, we're doing it this way. I'm not just going to have them do big moves because it's good for the camera. And they need to be taught the way, the way we would do any, any class. But um, of course, at first, you know, the first day you're there, Adrian's like, you know, I want to intimidate every one of these. And if you watch, if you watch it, it's pure him. Like he, the whole thing, like, we'd all have taken our turn to talk and then it's Adrian's turn. He's... <laughs> <laughs> no, put an eyeball on everybody and I was going, this guy again, talk. And then, like, like with the thing, with, like, he kept trying to body, body slam one of the guys and he kept holding onto his neck. And eventually, he was like, ah, did that again, I'll fucking smash you. But that was real because he, he was getting frustrated. But then, over time, we filmed for a, a month constantly with that, mm-hmm. and you you start to you know make connections with these people. Brilliant show, by the way. Brilliant show. And it was I, I loved it. I mean, I was so proud of it. Um, and then obviously for the for the training aspects, if you then watch the footage for Shugs when they went out and did the re showcase, you know the hard face Adrian was gone by that point, and it was Aye. he was proud of them. You know what I mean? Because we, we sat there and me and him were terrified because we're thinking if this just falls in its ass, then we don't have a we don't have a culmination of this show. Yeah. And it would and it, and it worked well, you know. And, um, but he was very much, you know, he was very, very serious about it. But I think it worked because we kind of had the the good cop, bad cop aspect. You know, like for example, when me and Gredo did the bit in George Square, mm-hmm. we, we could do that because me and him could have a laugh at that. And I 
wasn't I wasn't worried about showing that side of me, whereas Adrian wanted to be, you know, like Gordon Ramsay, like I'm saying, like right. Marco Pierre White. Aye, aye. He wanted folk to be intimidated and frightened. He was like the expert. He was like, aye, like yep, you know, aye. you know, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to stand here and make you do this, and then that's why, like, I took he'd be in the ring, I would stand on the outside, so when they rolled out, I could kind of, you know. Put their mind at rest and go, listen, you'll get it. Don't worry too much about it. He's just getting stressed out and he's, he's like that. And, <laughs> you know, if it shouts at you, don't worry about it. He's doing it for the right reasons. Because I, I didn't want folk to go, I'm not doing this anymore. Because we need to remember, these folk didn't pay to come and do this. This wasn't their dream. Like, we had to... We had to no, and they could, easily just chuck, they could easily just chuck Aye. it. They could easily just walk yeah. away. We could, have, we could have been two days in and all eight of them go like, ah, no way. Yes. You know what I mean? So, basically, it's working together, you know, um, I think made the show what it was. But, I it's, it's one of the things I'm... And, and for me as well selfishly, I'm glad that it happened because I'm always going to have that. Aye. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've, I've not been able to watch it back yet, but there's going to come a time where I'll be able to sit and watch it and, and you know, smile about it. But any time that I, any time that I, um, you know, I, I think a lot of things slip for your memory, but I've always got that, that I can, that I can sit and watch back and remember what happened when the cameras went off or like the, even like the, the finale of that show, like we were, Dying with a hangover because it was shugs the night before, and we all went out and stayed up all night. And um, aye, and it was just like you can see it's you can see Adrian Stone, and he's like, I feel like a bright green t shirt, and we're sitting down the the uh, the boys and banter board, and he's just gone, I want this to finish now, like, get me out of here, man. <laughs> like, because he'd had to be in his bed, not but um, aye, it's all the wee good, all the wee things, and but it was a great experience filming it. Um, and obviously, people keep asking. Is, is it it's gonna brilliant doing that kind of stuff with your pals as well, isn't it? Oh, I mean, aye, it was, and it's that again. Look, like I say to Dallas as well. Me, Dallas, and him—that's that's our wee thing that we're always going to have that. You know what I mean? And forecasting if it's coming back and all that. You know, you never know. It could, but then obviously, it would need to be different because it's not going to be a case of just bringing another coach and aye. you know, it's it's our show, so it would need to be. It would need to be different. But aye, but it was it was very much. That's what you get. That's that's Adrian as a coach. You know what I mean? That's that's. Yep. That is what he was like. Uh, Robert Gillen got in touch saying that what he remembers is attending PWE shows with his son and uh, Adrian was always around and smiling and chatting with all the kids and parents. The events were obviously family shows, but it felt like a family gathering. I've mentioned it before, says Robert Gillen, but he suggested to Gredo to put the belt on Mrs. McCallum at the event following his passing. And Gredo Dane, it was awesome. Certainly helped him recover for Kerry and Gredo ruined the venue earlier. <laughs> I, mean, that, that <laughs> I remember that, man. That's the kind of recollection I like, a nice emotional recollection, a wee bit of slagging off a of Gredo as well at the end oh, as well. I, 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 I did have to come from a bit. But I, that, was, that was really emotional. Um, because I, I, I didn't think about it. It was, if it was Robert that's saying that he'd done it, he just, when I was opening and clapping horns, obviously I'd done pointed to the sky and all that, but he pulled me in and says, Get to Adrian's mum, and I went. You know what? I'm going to do that. And uh, obviously, I jumped the bar, and obviously, she hates the attention. Or she's going, "Don't bother, don't bother, don't bother, don't bother." And I'm like, "Put it on her." And it was really. I'm getting goosebumps again thinking about it. But everybody stood up in the room and clapped, and uh, I, it was a really emotional moment. So I remember you came back and you were quite worried about it because you're going, "I don't know if I was thing there." Like, that I, I was going to be annoyed that I gave it to her. She's going to be annoyed that I didn't run it past her. I'm like, no, nah, I mean, she's not going to like the attention, but it, it was a lovely thing to do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was, it was, I think for that as well, it was the last PWE show. And as much as the match and all that would have been great and had a good night, just that one wee thing, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, closed, it closes off the professional aspect of that show. And also, like, you're handing the belt to her. Like, you know, this is yours now. Like, so thanks to Robert for that. Aye, that was a good moment. A couple more memories. Um, 
let's see Stephen Roche again talking about Oren, Oren Warline Hart versus Noam I think everyone left there that night saying it was the greatest match Scottish wrestling had held British wrestling had ever produced what do you reckon guys we've spoken about that Derek Johnston says the heat he could draw was superb a big loss to British wrestling but pretty certain some of his mates will only go on to make him proud um, and we get Paul here saying he was the guy you love to hate absolute prick in the ring <laughs> <laughs> and such an and such a nice guy outside the ring, and I mean that in the kindest way possible. He always took time out his day to say hello at shows. Me and my pal were in Orlando for Mania in 2017 at an Evolve show, and Harto walked through the entrance and took time to say hello to us. Bear in mind he was on his holiday as well. He's good with Jackie Polo, and their matches were some of the best in the history of ICW. And the first match at Baramania is one of my favourite matches I've ever seen live. Whether you thought he was a hero or a fanny, you had to respect them. Uh, what what would you say his career? What would you say his career highlight was? Winning the ICW heavyweight title at the Hydro against Aye. Jackie Polo, taking uh, the title. That was it because it was the one title that always eluded him, and he always chased it. And be- before he retired in two thousand and twelve, um, he was he was always chasing the ICW heavyweight title, and he just he just couldn't get it, and it, it would eat away at him over and over and he did everything in his power he wasn't a he wasn't one Barry wasn't, I need to be honest here right I need to sorry to butt in but I need to be honest here you know for as much as Adrian used to say believe all the time I didn't believe because I, I, I remember thinking to myself there's no way Adrian's going to be ICW champion I don't see I don't see that happening down the line you know what I mean because this was before that big turnaround Lionheart as a fanny Lionheart becoming this kind of cool heel and all that you know what I mean um, so I, I, I didn't envision it happening so was it an amazing it was, reversal it, really it wasn't anything to do with his work because he was one of the best in the ring yep. on the microphone he was one of the best he could draw a crowd but he just wasn't ever able to reach out and grab the ICW world title and that last run leading into him going into the hydro and, and winning the ICW world heavyweight championship that was probably you know, maybe some of his best work and he he dragged everybody into that building to support him and everybody believed right then that they was going to win the title that night and that would have been one of the biggest reactions that he ever got and the sense of achievement that he must have felt being able to get that because that was never handed to him and he wasn't a natural ICW guy really was he he didn't no, he was, you know he what I mean wasn't he, he wasn't one of Dallas's guy he was never one of Mark Dallas's guys and all through the gold label and, and everything Lionheart did he would never stand side by side with Dallas and they go on they were professional mm-hmm. with each other it's not as if they weren't the pals they were pals but when Mark Dial has seen ICW, Lionheart wasn't quite yeah. what that was. Aye. So Lionheart had the hardest job out of anybody that held that title between Drew holding it to Jester, myself, and Joe Coffey and everybody that's ever held that title. The hardest, the person that had to work the hardest to to win that heavyweight championship and was Lionheart. So that... To go down as his it's best. a testament to him because you're saying Rab, you it's only it. quality that can do that, isn't it? If your face, if your if your face doesn't quite fit, then it's only quality that can get you that hump, isn't it? Really? You said you never saw it in the future, and I don't think many folk did. But he knew that that's that was what he wanted. Aye. So not only to get it, but to go on to headline the Hydro and win it there. You know that was all him. That was all him. Um, he built that. He, Aye, to get it as a fan favourite, to get the pop for winning he it, and created all that, all that, you know. And he was very, I know he was very, very hands on to the point of being annoying with the, with the management. He was constantly, constantly, this is my idea, and I need to do this, and I'm not doing that. This is my run, and it's going to happen the way I want it to happen. Aye. Um, and you know, 
they, he, they let him and it worked and he got that big moment and that's all he'd ever wanted um, and he took it seriously and I'm just, I'm just, it doesn't matter where you won it but I'm so glad that he managed to win it at the Hydro you know, because that was, that was a, that was a stage fitting for a person like Lionheart, Lionheart you know. That's going to be um, somebody's memory. Some kid is going to grow up remembering the time they went to the Hydro with their, their, with their family in the same It was over 18s, was it not? 16s. 16s. <laughs> when, they, when they grow up, they're going to be able to tell somebody, when I was a teenager between 16 and over. <laughs> I, between I went, 16 and over? <laughs> between 16 and whatever else. I went to see the ICW and Lionheart walked away with the World Heavyweight title. That, and that's a cool thing to be able to say. Ah, that is. One of the things that I missed, one of the things that made me feel most kind of sad and regretful after it happened was that I wish he'd have been able to see the reaction after oh, he passed away. I wish oh. he'd been able to see, you know... The Rock. The Rock, man, Jericho. I, like, I wish, he, I wish he had seen that because the Adrian that I knew would have, would, have, would have loved that. You know what I mean? He would, he would have loved that. And it's, you know, that, that's just one. What did you make of like, just that, just that period afterwards? Uh, I mean, incredible. I uh, absolutely incredible. And like you're saying, he would have loved it, um, and that's the thing that makes it. I just think that's the thing that makes it all just a wee bit harder. Is the fact that, and, and every, I think everybody that's ever been through an experience like this, you know, you ask the same questions. You know, if only he'd known, and if only this, and if only that, and it's all too late, and it's, it's, it's you know, it's so final. Like, and I still do it. You know, like I think. Obviously, things get easier as, like, as, I mean, I can talk about them without getting upset and I can remember things and I can, um, you know, have a laugh and stuff. But it's just, it's one of the things that's never going to end because you just think, if only he'd known. And again, it's like, he would have loved all this stuff. But then by saying he would have loved it, it doesn't sit right with me, you know what I mean? Because you think, right. we shouldn't be, I shouldn't be able to say that. Hey, we shouldn't be doing this show. Really. No, no, I shouldn't be doing that. And, I, and I, sh- I shouldn't be having to plan my day on Friday because it's his anniversary on Friday. And I'm, I'm really nervous about it. And I know that some of the other boys are um, because I don't know how I'm going to... It's, it's start, I'm, I'm starting to kind of get a bit anxious about it because as much as I know that I'm, you know, I'm a lot better than I was a year ago, like the other day, the, the ICW posted up a... Yesterday, posted up a photograph of him when he won the, the double championship. And I'm like, it's because it's a landmark. That was his last ever wrestling match. Aye. And it was just a punch to my stomach. Because I woke up, it was the first I was flicking through Facebook. And I was away again. I was like, in hysterical crying. It's not even like I've got a tear. Like, noon again, I'll kind of get a wee bit kind of shaky if I hear a song or something that reminds me of him. But then, like, sometimes like that, it's like, like, that's the first time I've, like, sobbed in months. And I'm going, fuck, like, if I'm doing this to now, what is Friday going to be like? And I think that's why Friday, we all need to, you know, band together and, and support each other just like we did when it first happened because as much as that we shouldn't be talking about this and this shouldn't have happened and you know we shouldn't be doing this it, it, the, the fact is and the, the truth and the, the, the fact is we, we are um, and it's, it's just it's shite you know I don't know what else to say I mean I can try and put it eloquently but it's just shite and it's, the, the, it's, the only good thing like obviously there's nothing positive about it but nah. like, at, the, at the time the sense of community and the bond oh. that everybody came together to support each other. And like, as soon as I heard about it, I would contact the next person and it was just a wee tree of, like, just... Everybody looked at each other. And I'll everybody. tell you one thing, one thing that really got to me, it was the, the day that we, the day that it happened and we found out, um, 
obviously people had had the phone calls, but I, I opened my, my flat up to people and everybody came up here. And because we don't see each other for a good four hours, we were drinking and talking and all that. And it was almost like we forgot why we were there. Like, you know, we forgot why we were all together. And it was a laugh and we were joking and getting food and drinking and getting drunk and all that. And then like, the, the thought came into my head. Like, I was, you know, where is he? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because any, any party, yeah. you know, he would be there and I would text him going, when are you getting there? And it's almost like I reached for my phone to see where he was. And then it, I realized, fuck, this is why we're here. You know what I mean? And it's sort of wee things like that that get you all the time. But right. it's, it's, it's just, a, I, I, can't, I can't put it into words. It's just a, it's a terrible because obviously, obviously, we've all been very professional tonight, and we're kind of talking about like all reminiscences and then what, what you're kind of supposed to do on a special episode of a wrestling uh, podcast where you remember my guy's career. But we, you know, fundamentally, we're talking about like a pal who who should still be here, who should uh, be you know who should be on this show and talking about the thing because he would be talking about the things he's planning today. You know, we would had all sorts of plans and you know, and it, it does you know I think that's. I think you know you know you end this on a downer, but it is a thing for people to take away is that, you know, it's a year later and, you know, it's still just one of the greatest tragedies, I think, that's happened in our scene, you know what I mean? Just one of the greatest tragedies and for all the talk you can do about his legacy, you know, as a great one and he's had some great moments and he's always going to be remembered, it's still, you know, it's still a tragedy and there's still a lot of people recovering, you know what I mean, for It'll take a long time, I think, Rob, but it's just, you get better, you know, like, the the difference in us now, a year ago, is incredible, and then you think next year and next year, you know, like, hopefully things get better, but it's never, ever going to, it's never going to be easy. The thing Uh, is, it's always going to be missed, but the good thing is, because of who he was, and because he was known, and because he was such a character, I don't think there's ever been, like, a, like, a, especially a few days go by where I don't talk about him, or somebody doesn't talk to me about him or so that's that's kind of healing as well because you he's still here you know what i mean like he's still just as in conversation now as he would have been if he was physically here um and it's, it's a good thing you know being able to talk about him and and, and us as pals the type of person people we are we all slag each other off you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it's right. just because he's not here anymore doesn't mean it doesn't mean that he's going to escape that <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it helps that he was this kind of big confident cocky swaggering guy because you, you imagine he'd be fucking looking at this and laughing then you, um, you can you can right. you can visualize that and it does help doesn't it he'd be, he'd be basking in it the fact that we're all taking time out of our day to sit and talk about him and him alone <laughs> and you know what i mean he'd be sitting there sh- shirtless right <laughs> we He's toast, he's he's scone warming up in the the oven, you know what I mean? So the bottom melts just right. Boys, thanks so much for joining us for this. I know it's like, I know it's still a difficult thing to talk about and um, I hope hope Friday's all right for you, you know what I mean? So Friday, Kenny Williams has organised a massive 16k run in order of the 16 years that Lionheart competed in the wrestling industry in, in Scotland, so... He's already he set a target of five hundred pounds. He's already absolutely smashed that because he's been getting donations for like Suggestor, myself, Grado. Everybody's putting something in to raise money for the charities that uh, Kenny's set up. And he's Jester and I are going to try a wee bit. Of Jester, Grado, I don't know if you want to kind of come along and do a bit, but I there's there's no way I can run sixteen k. That's just under ten miles. No. I'm I'm built for bursts of power. And, and speed and aggression I, I don't go long I'm distance. built for walking slow 
but I, I can't sit and let this go by without doing my part. So I'm, I'm going to at least try and do some of it. I'm going to at least try I, and do some. I'm definitely going to do it. And I know I'm sitting here being all romantic and going, oh, this and that. But I know I'm going to be absolutely cursing them on Friday. Right. But I'm halfway along the broomy law and my knees are exploding. We'll be singing to each other. Exactly. Do it with folk roll. Barry, start singing slower. Two and a half hours. Everybody, everybody, do your do your bit because it's a great way of remembering them and and all chipping in and try to make something good out of such a bad thing and keep sharing your memories and all that because it's post your uh, memories because we'll be doing the same Friday. Right. This has right. been great. It's let's, very let's, therapeutic. Let's film film social media. We, well, social media could use a wee bit of pause. Exactly. Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. Right. So it's been that, it's a tough Friday. place. But, well well done to Kenny for sorting all this up. By the way, that's really right. good. We'll need to get wrestling after to retweet this and get. Get, get, get the message out there. Yeah. So we're definitely behind that. It's brilliant to forget to do that. Right, cheers, boys. We'll let you go. Cheers, we'll let you go and go on your night. Thanks a lot, right, for jumping in. No bother. And you, punt your podcast again. My podcast? Aye. If you want to watch any of the stuff I've been up to, I've been carrying a GoPro for the last, GoPro for the last years and I actually caught the last match that myself, Rudo, Jester and Lionheart had together. Uh, and it's on my wee YouTube channel. It's a wee run. Or What's it called? Your YouTube channel? Out a wee run. I think it's called Out a wee run. Out a wee run. Or you just, you just. I think the episodes are called Out a wee run. But you'll just find me, find me for Wolfgang. Go on my Twitter or my Facebook right. or my Instagram. I've got link, links to everything on there. Your listeners of are course. following you. Your listeners are following you anyway on Twitter. Of course, don't you know. don't forget eight o'clock every Sunday night. Any social distancing where you can Annie sit social and listen distancing to what we've had Sunday night. There we go. What we've had for our dinner. Um, brilliant if any of you ever watched the uh, Goodfellas love it that's, that's this week's movie we've not seen it we need to watch it I've seen what? the pizza oh right guys that, that, that's cheers, boys. Cheers, cheers, right. thanks very much appreciate thanks that. so much cheers, guys. Couple more, uh, let's do a couple more wee reminiscences before we go thanks to the boys for joining us there um, Dean Watson says go to see him wrestle RVD and Zach Gibson and then win the world title at the Hydro the following year after the match he jumped the barrier and went up to what I assume was his Monda. My brother and I were sitting a row behind and witnessed the full thing. What a moment. Sean says, always a classy guy. After PWE shows, Adrian would be at the door, sweat drapping off him, shaking hands and saying thanks for coming. Seeing him bombing about Ayrton and saying, all right, Harto, and getting a handshake was always a pleasure. He was always also the first guy in the business that called me brother. I like to think I played it cool, but it was marking out internally big time. Gradle handing off the PWE belt he's more had me fighting back tears. Mishy Harto. Well, that's it for our very special episode of Wrestling Da. Thanks so much to Wolfgang and Jester for joining us. And uh, Gredo, thanks to you, always as well. Thank you, mate. Always as well. It was really good. And as I say, I think the boys really enjoyed uh, coming on here and getting after Chish. You know how passionate they were telling their stories. And I think it was good, especially because it's the, the year anniversary for them to come on here and talk about Adrian. I think it probably did, as, as Barry says. It was kind of therapeutic. It's nice oh. to talk about that stuff. Uh, right. And... Now that's it, and I hope you enjoyed, folks, just hearing some of the stories for some of the guys that knew him best. So here's to you, Adrian, a champion in the ring and a champion in life. I'm sure if we're lucky, we'll see you down the road somewhere. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.